0: Chapter 24, verses 25 through 40. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 25 through 35. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? and beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself and they drew nigh unto the village whither they went and he made as though he would have gone further but they constrained him saying abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent and he went in to tarry with them and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them he took bread and blessed it and brake and give it to them And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us, while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour, and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told him what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Theophylact, Because the above-mentioned disciples were troubled with too much doubt, the Lord reproves them, saying, O fools! For they almost used the same words as those who stood by the cross. He saved others, himself he cannot save. And he proceeds, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. For it is possible to believe some of these things and not all as if a man should believe what the prophets say of the cross of Christ, as in the Psalms. They perceived my hands and my feet, but should not believe what they say of the resurrection, as thou shalt not suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. But it becomes us in all things to give faith to the prophets, as well as in the glorious things which they predicted of Christ, as the inglorious since through the suffering of evil things is the entrance into glory. Hence it follows, Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and so to enter into his glory, that is, as respects his humanity? Isidore repelled. But although it behooved Christ to suffer, yet they who crucified him are guilty of inflicting the punishment, for they were not concerned to accomplish what God proposed. Therefore their execution of it was impious. But God's purpose most wise, who converted their iniquity into a blessing upon mankind, using as it were the viper's flesh for the working of the health giving antidote. Chrysostom. And therefore our Lord goes on to show that all these things did not happen in a common way, but from the predestined purpose of God. Hence it follows, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself as if he said, since ye are slow, I will render you quick, by explaining to you the mysteries of the scriptures. For the sacrifice of Abraham, when releasing Isaac, he sacrificed the ram, prefigured Christ's sacrifice. But in the other writings of the prophets also, there are scattered about mysteries of Christ's cross, and the resurrection. But if Moses and the prophets spoke of Christ, and prophesied that through his passion he would enter into glory, How does that man boast that he is a Christian, who neither searches how these scriptures relate to Christ, nor desires to attain, by suffering, to that glory which he hopes to have with Christ? Greek Expositor But since the evangelists said before, their eyes were holden, that they should not know him, until the words of the Lord should move their minds to faith, he fitly affords, in addition to their hearing, a favorable object to their sight, as it follows and they drew nigh to the fortress, whither they were going, and he feigned as if he was going further. Augustine, now this relates not to falsehood, for not everything we feign is a falsehood, but only when we feign that which means nothing. But when our feigning has reference to a certain meaning, it is not a falsehood, but a kind of figure of the truth. Otherwise all the things figuratively spoken by wise and holy men, or even by our Lord himself, must be accounted falsehoods for to the experienced understanding truth consists not in words but as words so also deeds are feigned without falsehood to signify a particular thing Gregory, because then he was still a stranger to faith in their hearts he feigned as if he would go further by the word feign we mean to put together or form and hence formers and preparers of mud we call figuli He who was the truth itself did nothing then by deceit, but exhibited himself in the body, such as he came before them in their minds. But because they could not be strangers to charity, with whom charity was walking, they invite him as if a stranger to partake of their hospitality. Hence it follows, and they compelled him. From which example it is gathered that strangers are not only to be invited to hospitality, but even to be taken by force. Gloss. They not only compel him by their actions, but induce him by their words. For it follows, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards the evening, and the day is far gone, that is, towards its close. Gregory. Now behold Christ, since he is received through his members, so he seeks his receivers through himself. For it follows, and he went in with them. They lay out a table, they bring food and god whom they had not known in the expounding of scriptures they knew in the breaking of bread for it follows and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them he took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they knew him chrysostom this was said not of their bodily eyes but of their mental sight augustine for they walked not with their eyes shut but there was something within them which did not permit them to know that which they saw, which a mist, darkness, or some kind of moisture frequently occasions. Not that the Lord was not able to transform his flesh, that it should be really a different form from that which they were accustomed to behold, since in truth also before his passion he was transfigured in the mount, so that his face was bright as the sun. But it was not so now, for we do not unfitly take This obstacle in the sight to have been caused by Satan, that Jesus might not be known. But still, it was so permitted by Christ, up to the sacrament of the bread, that by partaking of the unity of his body, the obstacle of the enemy might be understood to be removed, so that Christ might be known. Theophylact. But he also implies another thing, that the eyes of those who receive the sacred bread are opened that they should know Christ. For the lord's flesh has in it a great and ineffable power augustine or because the lord feigned as if he would go further when he was accompanying the disciples expounding to them the sacred scriptures who knew not whether it was he what does he mean to imply but that through the duty of hospitality men may arrive at a knowledge of him that when he has departed from mankind far above the heavens he is still with those who perform this duty to his servants. He therefore holds to Christ that he should not go far from him. Whoever being taught in the word communicates in all good things to him who teaches. For they were taught in the word when he expounded to them the scriptures. And because they followed hospitality, him whom they knew not in the expounding of the scriptures, they know in the breaking of bread for not the hearers of the law are justified before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. Gregory. Whoever then wishes to understand what he has heard, let him hasten to fulfill in work what he can now understand. Behold, the Lord was not known when he was speaking, and he vouched to be known when he was eating. It follows, and he vanished out of their sight. Theophylact, For he had not such a body as that he was able to abide longer with them, that thereby likewise he might increase their affections. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? Origin By which is implied that the words uttered by the Saviour inflamed the hearts of the hearers to the love of God. Gregory By the word which is heard, the spirit is kindled. The chill of dullness departs. The mind becomes awakened with heavenly desire. It rejoices to hear heavenly precepts, and every command in which it is instructed is, as it were, adding a faggot to the fire. Theophylact. Their hearts, then, were turned either by the fire of our Lord's words, to which they listened as the truth, or because, as he expounded the scriptures, their heart were greatly struck within them, that he who was speaking was the Lord. Therefore were they so rejoiced, that without delay they returned to Jerusalem. And hence what follows, and they arose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They rose up indeed the same hour, but they arrived after many hours, as they had to travel sixty stades. Augustine. It had been already reported that Jesus had risen by the woman, and by Simon Peter to whom he had appeared. For these two disciples found them talking of these things when they came to Jerusalem. As it follows, and they found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. Bede. It seems that our Lord appeared to Peter first of all, those whom the four evangelists and the apostle mention. Chrysostom. For he did not show himself to all at the same time, in order that he might sow the seeds of faith for he who had first seen and was sure told it to the rest. Afterwards the word going forth prepared the mind of the hearer for the sight, and therefore he appeared first to him who was of all the most worthy and faithful. For he had need of the most faithful soul to first receive this sight, that it might be least disturbed by the unexpected appearance. And therefore he is first seen by Peter, that he who first confessed Christ should first deserve to see his resurrection. And also because he had denied him, he wished to see him first to console him, lest he should despair. But after Peter he appeared to the rest, at one time fewer in number, at another more, which the two disciples attest, for it follows, and they told what things were done by the way, and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. Augustine. But with respect to what Mark says, that they told the rest, they did not believe them. Whereas Luke says, that they had already begun to say, the Lord is risen indeed. What must we understand, except that there were some even then who refused to believe this? Verses 36-40 through And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and feet. Chrysostom the report of Christ's resurrection being published everywhere by the apostles, and while the anxiety of the disciples was easily awakened to see Christ, he that was so much desired comes, and is revealed to them that were seeking and expecting him, nor in a doubtful manner, but with the clearest evidence. He presents himself, as it is said, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. Augustine. This manifestation of our Lord after his resurrection, John also relates. But when John says that the Apostle Thomas was not with the rest, while according to Luke, the two disciples on their return to Jerusalem found the eleven gathered together, we must understand undoubtedly that Thomas departed from them before our Lord appeared to them as they spoke these things. For Luke gives occasion in his narrative that it may be understood that Thomas first went out from them when the rest were saying these things, and that our Lord entered afterwards, unless someone should say that the eleven were not those who were then called apostles, but that these were eleven disciples out of the large number of disciples. But since Luke has added, and those that were with them, he has surely made it sufficiently evident that those called the eleven were the same as those who were called apostles with whom the rest were. But let us see what mystery it was, for the sake of which, according to Matthew and Mark, our Lord, when he rose again, gave the following command, I will go before you unto Galilee, there shall ye see me, which, although it was accomplished, yet it was not till after many other things had happened, whereas it was so commanded that it might be expected that it would have taken place alone, or at least before other things. Ambrose, Therefore I think it most natural that our Lord indeed instructed his disciples that they should see him in Galilee, but that he first presents himself as they remained still in the assembly through fear. Greek Expositor Nor was it a violation of his promise, but rather a mercifully hastened fulfillment on account of the cowardice of the disciples. Ambrose But afterwards, when their hearts were strengthened, they eleven set out for Galilee. Or there is no difficulty in supposing that they should be reported to have been fewer in the assembly and a larger number on the mountain eusebius for the two evangelists that is luke and john write that he appeared to the eleven alone in jerusalem but those two disciples told not only the eleven but all the disciples and brethren that both the angel and the saviour had commanded them to hasten to galilee of whom also Paul made mention, saying, Afterwards he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at once. But the truer explanation is, that at first indeed, while they remained in secret at Jerusalem, he appeared once or twice for their comfort, but that in Galilee, not in the assembly, or once or twice, but with great power, he made a manifestation of himself, showing himself living to them after his passion with many signs, as luke testifies in the acts augustine but that which was said by the angel that is the lord must be taken prophetically for by the word galilee according to its meaning of transmigration it is to be understood that they were about to pass over from the people of israel to the gentiles to whom the apostles preaching would not entrust the gospel unless the lord himself should prepare his way in the hearts of men And this is what is meant by he shall go before you into Galilee, there shall ye see him. But according to the interpretation of Galilee, by which it means manifestation, we must understand that he will be revealed no more in the form of a servant, but in that form in which he is equal to the Father, which he has promised to his elect. That manifestation will be, as it were, the true Galilee, when we shall see him as he is. This will also be that far more blessed transmigration from the world to eternity, from whence, though coming to us, he did not depart, and to which, going before us, he has not deserted us. Theophylact The Lord then, standing in the midst of the disciples, first with his accustomed salutation of peace, allays the restlessness, showing that he is the same Master who delighted the world, wherewith he also fortified them when he sent them to preach hence it follows and he said to them peace be unto you i am he fear not gregory nazianzus let us then reverence the gift of peace which christ when he departed hence left to us peace both in name and reality is sweet which also we have heard to be of god as it is said the peace of god and that god is of it as he is our peace Peace is a blessing commanded by all, but observed by few. What then is the cause, perhaps the desire of dominion or riches, or the envy or hatred of our neighbor, or some one of those vices into which we see men fall who know not God? For peace is peculiarly of God, who binds all things together in one, to whom nothing so much belongs as the unity of nature and a peaceful condition. It is borrowed indeed by angels and divine powers, which are peacefully disposed towards god and one another it is diffused through the whole of creation whose glory is tranquillity but in us it abides in our souls indeed by the following and imparting of the virtues in our bodies by the harmony of our members and organs of which the one is called beauty and the other health bede the disciples had known christ to be really man having been so long a time with him but after that he was dead they do not believe that the real flesh could rise again from the grave on the third day they think then that they see the spirit which he gave up at his passion therefore it follows and they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit this mistake of the apostles was the heresy of the manichaeans ambrose but persuaded by the example of their virtues we cannot believe that peter and john could have doubted Why, then, does Luke relate them to have been affrighted? First of all, because the declaration of the greater part includes the opinion of the few. Secondly, because although Peter believed in the resurrection, yet he might be amazed when the doors being closed, Jesus suddenly presents himself with his body. Theophylact, Because by the word of peace, the agitation of the minds of the apostles was not allayed. He shows by another token that he is the Son of God, and that he knew the secrets of their hearts. For it follows, and he said to them, Why are ye troubled, and why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Bede. What thoughts indeed, but such as were false and dangerous? For Christ had lost the fruit of his passion. He had not been the truth of the resurrection. Just as if a good husbandman should say, What I have planted there I shall find, that is, the faith which descends into the heart, because it is from above. But those thoughts did not descend from above, but ascend from below into the heart like worthless plants. Cyril. Here then was a most evident sign, that he whom they now see was none other but the same who they had seen dead on the cross, and lain in the sepulchre, who knew everything that was in man. Ambrose let us then consider how it happens that the apostles according to john believed and rejoiced according to luke are reproved as unbelieving john indeed seems to me as being an apostle to have treated of greater and higher things luke of those which relate and are close akin to human the one follows an historic course the other is content with an abridgment because it could not be doubted of him who gave his testimony concerning those things at which he himself was present and therefore we deem both true, for though at first Luke says that they did not believe, yet he explains that afterwards they did believe. Cyril, Now our Lord testifying that death was overcome, and human nature had now in Christ put on incorruption, first shows them his hands and his feet, in the print of the nails, as it follows, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Theophylact. But he adds also another proof, namely the handling of his hands and feet, when he says, Handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. As if to say, Ye think me a spirit, that is to say, a ghost, as many of the dead are wont to be seen about their graves. But know ye that a spirit hath neither flesh nor bones, but I have flesh and bones. Ambrose. Our Lord said this in order to afford us an image of our resurrection. For that which is handled is the body, but in our bodies we shall rise again. But the former is more subtle, the latter more carnal, as being still mixed up with the qualities of earthly corruption, not then by his incorporeal nature, but by the quality of his bodily resurrection. Christ passed through the shut doors. Gregory. For in that glory of the resurrection our body will not be incapable of handling, and more subtle than the winds of the air, as Eutychides said, but while it is subtle indeed through the effect of spiritual power, it will be also capable of handling through the power of nature. It follows, and when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet, on which indeed were clearly marked the prints of the nails. But according to John, he also showed them his side, which had been pierced with the spear, that by manifesting the scar of his wounds he might heal the wound of their doubtfulness. But from this place the Gentiles are fond of raising up a calumny, as if he was not able to cure the wound inflicted on him, to whom we must answer that it is not profitable that he who is proved to have done the greater should be unable to do the less. But for the sake of his sure purpose, he who destroyed death would not blot out the signs of death, first, indeed, that he might thereby build up his disciples in the faith of his resurrection, second, that supplicating the Father for us, he might always show forth what kind of death he endured for many, thirdly, that he might point out to those redeemed by his death, by setting before them the signs of that death, how mercifully they have been succored, lastly, that he might declare in the judgment how justly the wicked are condemned, End of chapter 24, verses 25 through 40.